Well, welcome to another bonus podcast. It's me, Crystal, here with my friend Thalia. Hello. Uh, we're just the two of us today because we have a topic that we're going to kind of try to fly through. Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought having just two of us here would help us do it really efficiently. Yes. I may not talk after the first five <laughs> minutes. We'll see how it goes. This will be a Thalia, a Thalia discussion, which is awesome. But before we get into that, we just thought we'd share a few things that are going around. This has been a crazy busy week. Every single moment seems like occupied. Yeah. And we end it tonight with the membership class. Yeah. So both Thalia and I will be there. Um, There are 160 people, I think, wanting to become members at Northview. Yeah. And all the pastors are there to introduce everything that they do. Yeah. Well, maybe not everything. No, but a lot. then we would be there a lot. Yes. Yeah, we kind of had a joke at staff meeting because uh, Dave said, well, take however long you want. And Steve said, you're telling a group of pastors to take however <laughs> long they want? That is not a good idea. <laughs> True. <laughs> so I will be very short and sweet. Me too. But we're having pictures of our family and just an opportunity for people to get to know us. Yeah. So, And then I head off on tomorrow morning to Edmonton. So I'm excited about that. What are you doing in Edmonton? My daughter is in her last high school nationals for volleyball. Oh. So be lots of volleyball cheering and uh, fun. Bob's brother lives in Edmonton. So we're looking okay. forward to seeing him. And there's a couple of friends that we get to connect with every year during nationals that live in Calgary and mm-hmm. in Saskatoon that have daughters the same age. So we're looking forward to seeing them. Yeah. Flying really or driving? We are flying. Yeah. We wanted to drive. We thought about it, but um, we couldn't get our whole family to come. So then we thought, well, if it's just the three of us, then we'll just fly and makes it easier. Yeah, it does. Grade 12, finishing yeah. her year with a volleyball, hopefully a good championship. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. 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 Looking forward to it. Next week, we're headed into the Les Mis production at MEI. Grade, okay. Yeah. The high school production and Carter has a main role. So nice. that will be very busy next week for him and for our family. Wow. Does he have to sing or just act? No, it's just the drama version of Les Mis. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Not the musical. He has the main role, um, Javert. Uh, okay. Sort of the mean police oh, guy. Oh, wow. I know. Okay. I need tickets for that. <laughs> and it's so opposite to his character. Totally. So it's going to be very interesting to see if he can pull this off, which I should believe he will pull this off. Well, Javert's an interesting character because he's mm-hmm. got some good in him too. He's just really legalistic. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be interesting to see him do that. Yeah. Oh, now I want to come. I'll have to set time in my week for that next week. <laughs> <I> no, <know>. really <laughs> among all the other stuff. You know? Yeah. But that's good. Yeah. That's exciting. It's fun it, to see our kids do great things. I know. Because yeah. I would never have thought that our kids would do some of the things they've done. No, because we didn't. No. Or I didn't. When no. my daughter Jessica was in children's theater too, and I said, our family doesn't act. We no. play sports. What are you talking about? I know. Carter insisted when he was in grade nine that, or even in middle school, that he wanted to be in drama. And we were like, why? Yeah. Really? Are you sure? Because <laughs> I would have been terrified to Me do too. anything like that. Yeah. But now we're on podcasts, which is just totally crazy, too. I know. But we don't have an audience. We could just look at each other. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Although we do speak in front of audiences, too. So I don't know. I know. it's uh, Life is weird. And we grow as we get older. Yeah. Hopefully learn mm-hmm. how to do things better. Okay. The topic we are going to talk about today. Um, Thalia dis, um, presented this at the Transform Conference, which happened on April 16th, a couple weeks ago. Uh, the conference was called Raising Up Gospel-Loving Kids in a Gospel-Hating Culture. And I was talking about how do we talk to our kids about the LGBTQ um, issues Mm -hmm. facing this community? How do we help get our kids prepared to discuss this? How do we talk in general about this issue with our kids? And after the conference, Thaley had a big lineup of people who wanted further discussion, further information on this. And so we thought, well, definitely there was a good response there. And it's something that uh, we thought the podcast audience would like too. Yeah. So it will be a longer podcast. We'll probably go closer to 45 minutes to an hour. We'll yep. see how fast we can get through this. Um, so if you are busy doing housework or r- driving around and you need to pause it for a while, that's fine. Absolutely. 
It might be one that you want to sit down at a table with a pen and paper, uh, at least for the first little bit, because Thalia is going to quote a bunch of scripture, and it's good for you to check up on her, make yeah. sure she's using it well. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to be using the Bible incorrectly, and we don't think she is, but yeah. just for your own sake, I think it's good to know where she's getting this information from. So mm-hmm. it might be one you want a pen and paper with. Yeah, and just to clarify, I was just one of many breakout speakers. Great. Pastor Robin here from Children's Ministry also spoke, and so did Mikey, who's our grade school director, right? Grade school assistant pastor. Okay. Yeah, oh, she, yeah. yeah. Associate pastor Associate now. Associate pastor, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he did a session as well. And of course, the topic that I was presenting was, you know, a hot button topic. So I think there were 60 people in the class, right. all different genders and nationalities and ages. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to hold it or throw it over to you and I'm going to interject here and there as we go. But I thought yeah. I'd let you get started as if you're as if you're teaching that class. Okay, so as if I was teaching a class. So before I left for the class, I told Mark, my husband, that I would introduce myself to the class and I would say, you know, I'm married and my husband Mark is an accountant in Abbotsford and we have two kids, a daughter in grade 12, same age as Crystal's daughter Jessica, and a son in grade 11, a year behind. And uh, Mark said, well, they're going to look at you and think, how does this middle-aged white woman from Abbotsford have anything to say about LGBTQ issues? I went, ah, oh, good point. So I probably should tell the audience that I was with, and now you, my listeners, a little bit about my background. So I'll take about five minutes and just cruise you through a little bit of my upbringing. I grew up mostly in North Van, but my life was in Vancouver. So I went to a Christian school from grade 6 through 11 in Vancouver. I went to a small Mennonite church in Vancouver. My high school youth group was downtown Vancouver, First Baptist Church youth group I went to with a friend. My dad worked in Vancouver, so we were always at his offices, literally in downtown Vancouver. So all of Vancouver was kind of like visually exposed to me. It was very normal in my daily life to see people who were, you know, regular families and Catholic school kids and homeless and addicts and prostitutes and all different nationalities and genders and ethnic groups and whatever. This was just part of the scenery of what I grew up with. And so one of our most famous family jokes comes from one of our drives to church because every Sunday we would drive through the Broadway commercial area and it was an area that was very well known for ladies of the night as my mom would nicely call them because my parents were always very respectful and kind about whoever so that's what my mom called them and my sister who was maybe about eight at the time she had a habit of getting her words mixed up so she looked out the window on this trip to church and she said mom look at all the Protestants (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're like, That's awesome. uh, prostitutes, Naomi, prostitutes. <laughs> so we learned the words at an early age. It was spoken. It was normal. About grade eight, I started taking the bus home from my school with a few of our friends. And it was an hour and a half long city bus ride, three different transfers. The middle transfer was along Hastings Street. So that was uh, quite a rough part of town at that point, still is. And the game each day, well, was kind of like, don't let the, the drunk men fall asleep on your shoulder. So we didn't always get a seat because it was very full. So we had lots of people who would ride the bus that were just trying to get out of the cold and the wet and the rain. And so they were low income or poor. Yeah, Yeah. stay on the bus, just ride them. We see them regularly. And everybody of every kind of walk of life. And that was the poorer section. We also had one section of our bus ride that was a lot of Catholic school kids. So we interacted with them too. It was just normal. So that was kind of my upbringing. Grade 12, I needed to switch to the local public school because my parents didn't have money any longer to send us to Christian school. And within the first week of school, I met this uh, young girl, young woman named Leslie Ann, who's still my friend today. And she heard I'd come from a Christian school. She said, so, Thalia, 
what do you think? My mom went to see a psychic. What do you think? <laughs> and Thalia, my brother's a homosexual. What do you think? And now you've heard a little bit of my background is kind of like, okay. So she lived right around the corner from the school. So we'd go to her house at lunchtime. I met her brother. He was a very talented hairdresser. His name's Colin. And he became my hairdresser for years while I lived in Vancouver. And uh, their family became close to ours. My mom had them over for dinner. Colin with his partners, wh- whoever, was became normal. Mm-hmm. And Leslie Ann and I would go visit Colin and his partner in downtown mm-hmm. Vancouver. And one of his partners named Andrew became very close to our family. He was just a really sweet guy. And he uh, came down with AIDS. And so while he was dying in the hospital, my mom uh, would visit him regularly at St. Paul's Hospital, downtown Vancouver, because she worked down there. I, by this time, was living in Abbotsford, so I didn't see them very often. But she would visit with him, and she was able to share Christ with him Hmm. while he was in the hospital. And she believes that he became a Christian. So when he passed away, we all went to his funeral. It was held at an art gallery in downtown Vancouver, just a small little gallery. We were probably the only Christians among this very small little funeral. So all of this kind of thing is very normal to me. And as I went and continued my degree, UBC and then Trinity Western, I did uh, a lot of work in the whole mental health area, addictions, abuse shelters. I worked at a maximum security prison for a while. And so I had coworkers that were lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered, or clients that were among this group. And it was all normal to me. Like, just just people. I really enjoyed them. So that's my background. And for that's people, kind of the perspective. For people that don't know, you do have your master's in counseling. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't say that, but yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, worked with people of all different kind of walks of life and really enjoy the work that I get to do. And people are sometimes surprised that here in Abbotsford, we also have some of the same issues. They're a little more hidden. Like at Northview, we have people who struggle with their gender. They feel confused about that. We have people that struggle with um, same-sex attraction. We have people that struggle with lust and pornography and their living together or having sex outside of marriage. There's all the same kinds of struggles and sins are present in our church. They sometimes are a little bit more hidden, whereas when I was growing up in Vancouver, it was just very out there and very normal and very known. Yeah, we assume looking at people on the outside that they're yeah. all just exactly like us or whatever. But right. when you poke a little bit under the surface and get to know people and hear where their heart is, there's a lot of different things going on that happen here at around our Bible study tables. Mm-hmm. We get to hear stories, right, about different things yeah. that and they're most, facing. And most of our listeners, most of you will have people in your life that are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered, or struggle with one of these things, or struggle with pornography, or are living together, or that kind of thing. And at Northview too, we have former lesbians, former addicts of all different kinds. We have, um, we all struggle with sin. And that's kind of the perspective that we're coming from. Yeah. That we are all sinners and that we are all welcome um, in church, no matter where we've come from and where we're on the journey right now. Yeah, they're all, you're all, everyone's welcome to attend. We yes. want people in the doors. We want mm-hmm. everybody, all of us need to hear the gospel message. We all need to be reminded of yeah. our need to repent and seek the gospel regardless of where we stand on these things. We need to be reminded of the tr- biblical truth. So everyone's Absolutely. welcome to attend. So yeah. we may have, um, as people get up into different roles, like leadership roles, um, we're looking for people that are fully kind of on board with our confession of faith, who are not perfect, obviously none of us are, but who are striving to live in accordance with what we believe the Bible teaches on all these things. But anyone is welcome 
to attend. And you did this with the youth group last yeah. week on Thursday night. And yeah. someone was telling me that you had everybody raise their hands in terms of who has somebody like this in their family. And I think yeah. it was like 80% of the room. Yeah. Raise their fa- either family or friends or neighbors. They're aware of these issues. Mm-hmm. So our kids are aware of it. We need to be able to talk about it, which Absolutely. is why you wanted to do this. I know. Yeah. So that's one perspective. Another perspective we're coming from is that for Crystal and I and for the leadership of Northview, our scriptural authority is from the Bible. Second mm-hmm. Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture, the Bible, is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man and woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So when you're hearing this podcast, we are coming definitely that the Bible is our authority. And that's the perspective we're coming from. I'm also talking from the perspective that there is compassion, kindness, and respect for all people, regardless of their life choices or circumstances. I say over and over again that each person is created in the image of God, which is Genesis 127. Each person is fearfully and wonderfully made, Psalm 139, 14. Each person. So that means the soccer mom, the barista at Starbucks, the teenager on their longboard, the person pushing their homeless cart. Every single person, regardless, every single person who enters the doors of Northview, every one of your coworkers and neighbors, and I just can't stress that enough. It's also clear, scripture is clear, that each person is sinful. We're sinful right down to our heart. And if we continue in unrepentant sin, any of us, the consequence is eternal death. And we know this, Romans 3.23 talks about how we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 talks about how the wages of sin, if we continue in unrepentant sin, is death. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And so since our hearts, all of us, are bent towards sin, we cannot follow our hearts only. We need to follow the truth of God's word, which renews our minds and then transforms our behaviors. Crystal and I often have to talk about the fact that our feelings need to fall in line with the truth. Our feelings fall in line with scripture, not the other way around. We don't twist scripture based on our feelings. No, beware of your heart. Don't follow your heart. (laughs) Yeah, and we know the solution to the sin is Jesus Christ. John 3.16 talks about how God loved the world so much that he sent his only son so that we would have eternal life if we believed in him. And Romans 10.9 is another scripture verse. And 1 John 1.9, which I love. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah, no conditions. No conditions. So there is and a no continual limit. call. Yeah. <laughs> no limit of, no oh, we've confessed limit. that too many times. No, no. And if you are you're heading into sin, go and confess. If you're in the middle of sin, stop and confess. If you've just come out of sin, like don't let anyone tell you that, oh my goodness, I just did that sin, so I'm not righteous. I like I'm not um, worthy yet to go and talk to God about confessing my sin. You are absolutely, you can run to God with your sin. Yeah, run to him, not away from run him. Run to him, That's not away from saying. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we want people to continually confess their sin, repent, and be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm doing this on an hourly, daily basis, and we all are. So just join us in that. We talked about how uh, everyone is welcome to attend church. We want people to hear who Jesus is and how he transforms our lives. Yep. And Crystal talked about how it's a little different if people want to be in a serving position at Northview because then we want people to um, believe and live out that belief, continually confessing and repenting. Another perspective I'm coming from is that God has a design for sex and sexual behavior. But we're not robots. 
So we can choose to follow his design and obey him, or we can choose not to follow that sin. While we're here on this earth, God allows us to choose. But the Bible is clear that sexual behavior between two people of the same gender is sin. And I have some verses here. I'll, I'll list the verses. I won't read them all. So Genesis 19, 1 to 13, Leviticus 18, 22, and Leviticus 20, 13. And those chapters are full. If you read 18, 19, and 20, it's full of God's design for sex and sexual behavior. Romans 1, and particularly 26 and 27, and 1 Corinthians 6, 9. So, but the other thing that to remember is that although sexual behavior between two people of the same gender is sin, it's not a super sin. Mm-hmm. All behavior outside of God's design is sin. Yeah, so yeah, there's lots. Like, what do you think, Crystal? Well, there is. I'm just going to say we did mm-hmm. a podcast on this a few weeks ago uh, called God's Design for Sex, I think, where we talked yeah. about this specific thing in more detail. So if you're questioning that or want to know what we said there, feel free to refer back to that podcast. Yeah, good point. Because we have to remember that we sometimes think that homosexuality or same-gendered sin is the worst possible sin. It is not. No. It is one of a whole list of sins. No worse than adultery or No, or even disobedience to or, parents. Or, yeah. uh, Jeff read at the panel discussion for the high school youth group, he read the vice lists in the New Testament. There's several, and one talks about homosexual behavior in Romans, but also lists disobedience to parents. <laughs> and this is for high <laughs> schoolers, right? High schoolers are always sick. <laughs> Right? So it's not a super sin. These are all, in essence, they're all super sins. They're all super serious, and they're all so super worthy of death. Hmm. But if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to, con- to uh, forgive, forgive us. us our sins. Yep. Yeah. Now, I know that there is division and confusion in our churches and denominations on this issue. But even if it is within the context of a committed, loving, monogamous relationship, homosexual behavior is clearly sin according to God's word. And I know that's tough to hear, and we could spend a whole hour on this issue, and maybe we will in a future podcast, but we don't have time today. So one of the resources that I will quote to you is um, a Gospel Coalition article. You can go to gospelcoalition.org. And it's called, Why Can't the Church Just Agree to Disagree on Homosexuality? And it's by Kevin DeYoung. And DeYoung is all one word, D-E, and then Young. Great article. Okay, so what is our culture's view of sex and sexual behavior? Whatever you want it to be, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever floats your boat, whatever makes you excited, whatever you feel inside yourself you are, you can be. And whoever you want to have sex with, you can have sex with. Yeah. There's some, there's definitely a still a um, idealized view of the fact that uh, monogamy or like being with one partner at a time is good. Although there are polyamorous relationships too, where people want the open marriage, the open relationship where they have the freedom to hop between partners as they feel like they want to. Yeah. Really, the only boundary in our culture is consent. Yeah. So if people consent, then it's okay. That's one of them. And then there's a few that are still uh, very much um, a boundary in our culture in terms of pedophilia. It's not okay for an adult with a child. Incest is still wrong. Rape is still wrong. But there's within that, there's still a lot of freedom. Yeah. 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 It's true. But God's design for sex and sexual behavior is different. It's actually quite limited. God's design for sex is one man, one woman inside of marriage. And then inside of marriage, there's still faithfulness. There's still not fantasizing about someone else outside your marriage, not flirting with someone outside your marriage, not having p- 
pornography inside your marriage to spice it up. It's one man, one woman, all their affections and their sexual energy to each other. Very limited design. Outside of that, we are supposed to be celibate and single and not having sex. Yeah, it's a call to be holy as God yeah. is holy. Yeah, that's yeah. very hard to say to people. It's just as hard here on this podcast with just Crystal as it was in front of 60 people as it is in front of the high school youth and in front of our women's ministry because it's it speaks to me too. That I'm married, but all my thoughts and energy need to go to Mark, one man and he to me. And that's not what our world is telling us no. every time you turn around. No. Yeah. Okay. Quickly, the definitions for LGBTQA, I'm going to go through them in case you're not familiar, and I, I'm going to challenge us to please start to be familiar with this. So lesbian is a woman romantically or sexually attracted to another woman. It's not helpful to say a woman who likes women, because I'm a woman who likes women and I'm not a lesbian. So let's be very clear with our words. Gay is uh, an umbrella term used for both men and women who are attracted to sexually to someone of the same gender. It's more often used to describe homosexual men, Mm -hmm. but it can be for both. Bisexual, attracted sexually to both sexes. And transgendered. Now, this is one that's not very well understood. So, transgendered is a person who perceives that their mind does not match up with their biology. So, they may be biologically and anatomically female, but in their mind, they feel like a man. Or biologically, anatomically male, but in their mind, they feel like a woman. Mm-hmm. And it may or may not involve hormone treatments or surgery. As Sometimes a that's a process. To that. mm-hmm. Like because they want their outside to match their inside, yes. they go through the surgery or hormone treatment to right. make that happen. Sometimes. And yep. sometimes they decide, I don't want to go through the hormone or the surgical treatments. I'm just going to dress like the opposite gender or behave like the opposite gender, but they don't actually go through the hormones or the surgical treatments. So the cross-dressing or those kind of things. Right, right. So that's um, something important to keep in mind. Yep. Okay, we are cruising right along. So let me talk about questioning. Well, that's an obvious word, people who are questioning. Queer, in our English dictionary, we often think of the word queer as being odd, but in this community, queer is a term for their community. LGBTQA people refer to their entire community as being queer. It's not a word that I can use because I am not in this community. So we have to be very careful that we don't use words um, that mm. wouldn't be, that we can't use. Right. And asexual is someone who has no sexual attraction or desire to any group of people. And an ally or allied is typically any non LGBT person who supports and stands up for the right of LGBT people. They'll call them their ally, which makes sense. And Crystal mentioned before polyamory, which means multiple loves. And this is growing in our culture where people will live in groups of two, three, four, five. They may or may not be married, but they are living as sexual partners together. Or they live with one married person, but yes, they have given each other permission to have other relationships outside of that that are sexual. That's right. Yeah. So that's growing in our culture. Okay, now practical ideas. Some of you have been waiting for this. How do you talk to your kids about these issues? So it comes to me, um, it wasn't natural at first. It comes to me naturally now, it wasn't at first. I have definitely grown in this area. So, and I'll tell you a little bit of my story as we go through. So the first one is check your own mind and heart first. What are your own thoughts and attitudes towards those that are sinning? Anyone who is sinning. And I'm, I've got the quote here, Psalm 139, 23, and 24. 
Is that outright? Yeah, it is. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Do we truly believe that we are all created in God's image, fearfully and wonderfully made? Do we truly believe we're all sinners? That there is no super sin? That everyone deserves to be treated with kindness, compassion, and respect regardless of life choices and circumstances? That no one is beyond God's redeeming Mm. grace? Mm. And if not, please pray that God would soften our hearts towards others and grow these attitudes and actions in our lives towards those around us. Yeah, we've been talking about this a lot in the James study we've been doing, Mm -hmm. um, talking about being impartial and sincere. Like, What does that mean to not show partiality depending on riches or poverty or yeah lifestyle or circumstances or decisions how can we be impartial and yeah. love people the way god does because the truth hard. is that when god has given us a chance in this lifetime to choose how we want to live he's allowed us so if you want to be part of a gay family you can if you want to be a jehovah's witness family a mormon family a hindu family you want to be non-religious if you want to make soccer your thing if you want to choose to be a hiking family you can be those things And we need to be careful that we allow people to make their choices and yet speak truth because we know that when people die, their choices determine whether they go to heaven or hell. And we don't want any of our friends to be in hell. We want to pray that God would open their eyes to the truth of their circumstances, that they would choose to obey God's design, but they don't have to. Yeah. And we need to love them regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So the second one is start to be comfortable with the topics yourself. So say the terms, know the terms, read articles, watch the news, talk with your spouse or good friends. In other words, practice these discussions with your trusted friends in preparation for discussions with your kids. And Can when I, I say, say quickly, yeah. I always laugh when you talk about this because you use the words and I hear people, I see people's <laughs> eyes in the group like lighting up. She like, said it she said in it. church. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's so funny. <laughs> I know it's true. Yeah. And what I mean here is discussion. Not debate, not arguing, not desiring to win the point. Carefully listening to the views of others, asking clarifying questions for a long time before jumping in with your own thoughts and opinions. Um, I always tell my kids discussion is an art. Hmm. Discussion builds up, but debate, argument, and desiring to win tears down. So we need to be curious about how others live their lives and why and where did they come from and what their background is. Understanding their mindset, Mm -hmm. right? What brought them there? What brought them there? Yeah. Yeah. And number three, please don't turtle or stick your head in the sand. Our culture's values are here to stay, and they're only going to get stronger. And we need to know what our culture believes and what it values. And even more importantly, we need to know what God's Word says about these issues. So, if you're not reading your Bible on a regular basis, please start today. You can listen to it as you drive, audio versions. You can use an app. She Reads Truth is a great app. He Reads Truth, great app or a one-year Bible reading plan, anything, you need to know what the Bible says about these issues. So many people come to me and they have an issue in their life, but they have no idea what God says on the issue. So they're very confused. Or surprised that he says anything because they don't know their Bible. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. And if you're not studying your Bible on your own or with a group, I would really encourage you to start. Crystal, that's why we talk about the women's ministry, but there's men's ministry options, community group options. TLC. Oh, yeah. It would be great if you would memorize big chunks of scripture. So the one I've been working on is Colossians 3, 1 to 17, because it speaks to this issue and a whole bunch of issues. Okay, let's see what the next one is. How do we treat family members? Mm. This is a huge hot button topic. Oh, they were all listening. Yes, this class. So it's not okay to reject or abandon family members. 
It's not okay to treat with disgust or repulsion anyone who sins. We were in New York a couple summers ago, and we were walking along the street, and um, this transgendered individual uh, dressed like a drag queen stopped to ask me something. And so I answered her and then got into a discussion. We just started chatting, and my kids are standing like a couple feet from me with their eyes like as big as saucers. And after the the woman left, um, they were like, Mom, you talk to her like normal. And I'm like, yeah, because she's a person. Like, yes, obviously a transgendered individual, but a person and interesting. And we had a good discussion. Yeah. So that I think that's what's important here. We need to find some ways to keep a relationship. So we pray for them. We send them happy birthday texts, emails or cards. We deliver cookies or care packages. We find a way to keep even a small relationship. Why? Well, because if they change their lives and and love God or get to know Him eventually, we can have a deeper relationship. And so we want to be ready for that. We, we want to be in place for that. Yeah. We might need to put some boundaries in place. So you might need to go for coffee for an hour, not three hours. Or you may not choose to stay overnight at their house or go on holidays with them. You can put boundaries in place, but we want to have a relationship with them. It's the same with friends. We need to be kind and polite and respectful. We may need to cool off the friendship or put boundaries in place, but we don't abandon or reject people. So in this class, one of the um, women that was attending, she has a neighbor, a lesbian neighbor that was um, getting a little bit sort of too pushy with friendship in terms of was texting constantly during Mm -hmm. the day and was sending Facebook messages constantly. And so this young woman who was in my class had defriended her on Facebook and kind of avoided her as a neighbor. And I said, okay, I can understand wanting to put boundaries in place, but did you do that because she's lesbian or because of how the the, the friendship was going? And she wasn't sure. Hmm. And so I encouraged her to think like you would, if this person was 60 years old or 20 years old or was a different race, what would you do? You'd probably just respond by text and say, you know what, I just can't talk to you today. I'm a little bit busy, but I could talk to you tomorrow. Or you might stand outside on your lawn and talk to your neighbor for five minutes and say, you know what, I got to go inside and do some things. Like you'd put boundaries in place, but you don't necessarily need to abandon or reject anyone. You don't need to defriend them on Facebook. You don't have to necessarily respond to everything they say, though. Right. We have lots of people on Facebook that we don't agree with. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Start talking to your kids about these issues when they're young. Now, if your kids are now older, then start now. But when they're young is good. And why? Well, it's awkward at first, but it comes easier with practice. We want to teach our kids from our perspective first, before our kids are taught by their friends on the playground or in school or at dance or wherever. If you've not started when they're young, then yeah, start today. It's not too late. So keep it simple. When they're young, you can give simple explanations. And so the story I have is a long time ago on our cul-de-sac, we had two brothers that were living next door. And um, they had a lot of women that would come and visit them. And they had a hot tub in the back with the surround sound and the spectrum lighting and the screen that popped up. Oh. And so they had yeah <laughs> parties. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah, And we could see this all from our uh, the whole back of our house. So we would just close the blinds because they're allowed to do what they want to do. But the word on the cul-de-sac with all the little kids was that they were sexing it up. <laughs> so Carter at four came in from outside. He said, Mom, what's sexing it up? <laughs> I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay, so I said, sex is when... Uh, mom and a dad, husband and wife, right, giving them God's design, is when they get naked and they cuddle under the covers. Oh, mom, that's so gross. gross. <laughs> he was so grossed out. I'm like, well, yes. I said, you're supposed to be grossed out. You're four. <laughs> but when you get to be a mom or a dad, this is going to be great. 
Okay. <laughs> so I didn't have to explain to him the mechanics of sex or anything, just kind of give him a picture for what God has designed and then, you know, develop it as it goes along. And the fact that you're willing to talk about it shows him as he gets older that he can keep asking questions for oh, more yes. clarification. Oh, and yes. he has. And he has. <laughs> so the, as, to show you the progression, yeah. when he was 15, this was last year when Fifty Shades of Grey came out, he on the way to school, eight in the morning, good thing I'd had a cup of coffee, we're driving to school and he says, so mom, if a couple, a husband and wife, consent to have an, having S&M in their marriage, can they do that? First, I'm thinking, S&M, why do you know what that is? Sadomasochism, how do you know that? And then I said to him, okay, well, Carter, if you give me permission to punch you, is that okay? He said, well, yes, because I've given you permission, right? This consent thing. And I said, well, actually, it's not. Because 1 Corinthians 6 talks about the fact that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. They are not our own. They've been bought with a price. So just because you give me permission does not give me permission to punch you because it's not your body. It's owned by the by God. Oh, so we had to talk about that a little bit. And then he said, okay, so if a uh, husband and wife consent to anal sex, is that okay? Now, my this daughter is, is grossing out, <laughs> grossing out in the back, just totally freaking out. And I'm like, well, anal sex is not a sin. A couple can consent to do that, but our bodies are not designed for it. So there's more ripping and tearing, and that gets kind of gross for you. TMI. Sorry, I know, but... <laughs> <laughs> Thalia, welcome to Thalia. Yeah, exactly. So I just said, so it's not maybe the best practice, but it's possible. Okay. So that's where it progresses. And all the way along, we've had multiple of those conversations uh, as different questions have come up. So don't freak out. Start simple young. start young and, and the good thing about having kids or people that are in your life regularly like whether you have uh, foster kids or grandkids or who knows neighbors maybe is that you'll probably have multiple conversations yeah so yeah you'll have one conversation and you'll go oh i don't think i said all the right things or I didn't quite say it the right way that's okay because you'll probably have another opportunity or you can bring it up and you can say you know yesterday when we talked about that i forgot to add this piece or i think i didn't do this part well enough oh okay and then, again, they know that you're willing to go there. Yeah. Okay. Regular Bible reading is another one. Please read the whole Bible. It's a great <laughs> place to bring up lots of words and topics. Hmm. So as you read, you can ask, do you know what blank means? And Abraham knew Sarah. What does that mean? And other words like harem, rape, prostitute, circumcision. You can answer what those words mean just in your regular so you Bible don't reading. skip those parts when you're no, reading with your kids? <laughs> no, no. We did a lot of sex education with those years ago was the Bible bookmarks. I think they still have them, right? And so we did that with our kids. I remember one night Bob was in charge of doing the reading with Clayton <laughs> and it was one of those passages and he came out of the room like, ooh, you never believe what we just read. I know. It's funny. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. And then find ways to expose your kids gently while they're under your care. So if you wait for your kids to ask questions, they may not. So ideas, get involved with your neighbors. As I said, we had some um, brothers that were doing all kinds of things. But if you get involved with your neighbors, you can hear what they have to say about their lives. So you might have a cul-de-sac barbecue. You might talk to other parents at dance, soccer, martial arts. You might read articles out loud at home or talk about what you see on TV or hear on the radio. I do another technique because uh, our older daughter, Ava, she doesn't really like to talk about these topics very often. She's a little quieter. So I have often, oh, I hope she doesn't listen to this because now <laughs> she'll know my technique. Uh, over the years, I've always said um, you know, to my sister, Naomi, Naomi, can we have this discussion while Ava's sitting here because then she'll overhear us. Hmm. So we deliberately plant conversations. When I did this at the class, when I told them this, they erupted because they were like, whoa, like what an idea. 
So I've so talked she to her. knew that she would hear it, even though she wasn't asking you the questions. Yeah, because she wanted to hang out with my sister. Yeah. So she would hang out with the adults. And I thought, great, she's hanging out with us. So now I can talk with her about stuff. So I'd ask Naomi stuff about dating and periods and all kinds of stuff so that Ava would hear. Huh. And then she learned the stuff because I could tell it came out later. Um, we're in a sort of a safe environment with somebody who believed the same kinds of things I did and we could do it together. Or if your kids are inadvertently exposed, capitalize on it. So way, how yeah. are they inadvertently exposed? Well, sometimes you leave the news on over, di- over dinner and they hear something or a friend talks to them at school or there's online searches, YouTube, they overhear conversations. So uh, a few years ago, when our kids were like 12 and 13, we went to Europe and we went to Amsterdam and we had planned to stay in a good area. But I realized after a while, there's sort of no good area in Amsterdam. (laughs) So we stayed on the canal. It was this beautiful hotel, but right below us was a gay bar. And right around the corner were all kinds of triple X, everything and marijuana was everywhere. But we didn't know that. So the first night we got to our place, it was uh, in the evening and we were hungry. So we thought, well, there's got to be some kind of coffee shop close by. Let's just take a walk in the neighborhood. And it was a beautiful summer evening. So let's go for a walk. So we went to a local Starbucks, had a great Starbucks, and then we walked around the block to go back to our place. Well, we had hardly taken any steps, and one kid is grabbing my hand, and one kid is grabbing Mark's hand, because they are seeing every kind of sin and vice. I mean, there is every kind of activity, uh, lesbian, gay, marijuana, clubs, strip clubs, there's just every kind. We weren't in the red light district, we were just in a regular area. And I'm killing myself laughing, because they're like dragging us back to the hotel, and they were like just, their faces were just like just horrified but we had been doing the study of colossians while we were on our trip and we had been reading this area about sin and i'm like okay so you just saw sin in action this is what it looks like and they were like oh <laughs> we still had a week to go in amsterdam so through that week we had so many opportunities hmm. to talk about sin and the impact on our lives and what does it look like to legalize marijuana and what could this be like in canada and wow the discussions have grown so that was, they were inadvertently Yeah, you didn't exposed. expect that, but it was there, and so then you yeah. use it. Yeah. yeah. And how many times have you gone to pick up your child from someone else's house who has older siblings? Mm. Like when Ava was in grade two, went to pick her up, and they had older siblings, and they were watching So You Think You Can Dance. Great show. Love it. Maybe not for grade two, because she was like, what's hot and what's sexy mean? I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. So now I have to explain that. And how do you explain that verbally? Do you have to put it in actions as well? Like, uh, that was a little challenging. So inadvertently exposed. You can capitalize on this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Expect unexpected questions at unexpected times. And you remember the S&M question at 8 a.m. So one tip there is you don't have to answer the question right in the moment. You can leave a little bit of time between the question and the answer to get your thoughts in order. And I've done that many times. But you do need to honor your child. So you need to say, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked. Let's write it down and we'll set aside time to talk after dinner or on the way to soccer or wherever. Please don't bring up any explosive or difficult topics just before bed. Hmm. Bedtime should be peaceful time. So I'd say an hour before bedtime, don't. Kids love to bring up stuff that's difficult right at bedtime. So you can say, you know what, great. Let's put it kind of on this um, shelf, little shelf, virtual shelf, virtual shelf, yeah. and we'll talk about it tomorrow or Saturday or whenever. Yeah. And they'll be like, but it's a big deal, mom. But it doesn't matter. You say, yeah, I know. It's a big deal. We'll talk about it tomorrow. And if you do this often enough, they'll begin to trust you. And it tra- it's a good training. Yeah, it's good <laughs> it's training. A good training too for when you're older. And yeah, good training yeah. for marriage too. My yeah, husband exactly. and I, we don't bring up anything explosive just before bed. No. And if it accidentally comes up, we're like, oh, you know what? Let's just leave that for tomorrow. 
Yeah. We're in a better frame of mind. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Keep cruising. Here are some ideas of questions to ask. What are some of the words you are hearing at school or in your neighborhood or at baseball? Let's make a list of them. And I'll explain, oh, the words. Yeah, the words. Let's make a list of the words you're hearing and let I'll explain them so you know what they mean. So this is what we did with Carter when he was in grade six. He was hearing words, but he didn't want to say them. He was worried about getting in trouble. So I said, mm-hmm. why don't you write them down and let's go through them so that you understand. If you don't know a word as a parent, you can go to urbandictionary.com and they have the meaning of all the current words. So that's very helpful. Another thing you can do is ask your kids um, about all the swear words. Now, what you think is a swear word and what your kids think is two different things. So you may have to clarify. So if, if they say, well, the S word, make sure they clarify what that is or write that down or tell you because they may say that stupid or shut up is a swear word where you know it's something different. So one parent I talked with a few weeks ago, she has a nine-year-old son, and her son was horrified that Jeff in his sermon was using the word stupid, because in their house, stupid was a swear word. Okay. And I said, well, okay, so now your kid is nine, let's start talking about the fact that some words need to be for some occasions. So, for example, in their house at nine, they weren't allowed to use the word hate. And I would said to her, well, there are some things we should hate. We should hate drunk driving. We should hate pornography. We should hate bullying. We should hate any kind of violence against someone else. So there's a whole variety of things we should hate. Absolutely. We don't want to hate Brussels sprouts. You can dislike them intensely, but you don't have to hate Brussels sprouts. Let's save the word hate for things we should hate. And not people. Yeah, not people. And stupid, there are some, some things that are really stupid, right? Like choosing to drink and drive, really stupid. And we could use the word stupid in that sense because that's really what it means. But we don't call someone stupid. Yeah. Because yeah. people are just people. We make mistakes. So clarify these words. You should also ask your kids, do you know the different words for private body parts? Like, say, do you know the words for a bum? And they start laughing and they get all a little grossed out and whatever. But it's great conversation. You should try this at dinner sometime. <laughs> so they should know, like, butt, ass, derriere, behind, rear end, etc. They should know. Why? Well, they're going to see this on YouTube. They're going to see it on graffiti. Their friends are going to say it. And it's far better if they hear it from you and you explain it. As opposed to, like, for me, when I was in grade nine, my mom had cats on the farm. So cats were always called pussies. So I used that word when <laughs> oh, no. I was in grade nine in and front of my guy at. friends. Oh, yeah. my goodness. I was humiliated for, like, weeks, months. I was so embarrassed. I hated being in that position. I'm like, why couldn't someone have told me what, what some of these meant. word yeah. means? So please do that with your kids. Explain what things mean. If your kids are older, like older elementary, middle school, they should know the words for LGBTQA, masturbation, rape. I'm sorry, you're going to hear these words on podcasts, but cunt, dyke, piss, pussy. They should know these words and they should know your rules around them. So in our house, you can say, these are the words. We're going to say them once. I'm going to explain them. But in our house, we don't say, and then you can list them off why. Um, It's very important So the reason this is so important to me is when I was in my fourth year at UBC in a psychology class, we had a guest lecturer. We had a pedophile come who had been released from prison. He'd served his time and he was going around to different places and talking about how he lured his young victims. Mm -hmm. So I'm in fourth year. So that would mean I was about like 22. I was married, but of course didn't have kids. And he talked about the fact that he found his victims if they did not know the words for private parts or if they had a silly word. 
because then he knew that those topics were uncomfortable at home. But if some a child had the proper words for body parts, he didn't go near them. Hmm. And I freaked out internally, not in the class, because in growing up, we didn't have words for private body parts, or we had very silly words. I probably would have won competitions for the silly bo- words we had. And it was very uncomfortable for me growing up. We didn't talk about anything. And so I went home to Mark and I said, you know what? We don't have kids. I don't know when we're going to have kids, but when we do, we're going to start using all the proper words. So I remember bathing Avon Carter when they were infants and saying out loud the words for the private body parts because it wasn't done in my house. It was so awkward and so uncomfortable, but I started saying it and I started teaching it as soon as I possibly could. It totally makes sense because it's, yeah. a, it's a signal to that person whether they're comfortable talking about things or not with their parents. Yeah. And if they're not, then they're easy prey, right? Yeah. Yeah. It really That's woke scary. me up. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was scary for me. It actually still is scary for me. Yeah. But okay. So more ideas of questions to ask. And ask your kids, do you know what gay is? If your child is young, you could start with that explanation. If a boy says he's gay, it means he's attracted other boys in a romantic way. Or you could say that he'd prefer to hug, cuddle, and kiss another boy. Or if a girl says she's gay, it means she's interested in other girls in a romantic way. But one thing to remember, um, if you ask me for the article from the American College of Pediatrics, it said that uh, I think it was 98% of boys who are gender confused in their teenage years will grow out of that and they will be fine by the time they've finished puberty. 88% of girls who are gender confused will grow out of that when they finish puberty. Hmm. So a lot of kids in their teenage years might be gender confused, particularly because of the culture we live in. So don't panic. You can talk to somebody about it, but you can also say to them, you know what, let's just get through puberty. Let's find some good and healthy ways to interact with people of all different kinds. Let's have some great sports and some art and choir and whatever else. And and let's see how this goes. Go over time. Yeah. We don't necessarily need to do anything major about it right away. We need to ask, what do your friends say about people who are gay? We need to say, do you know what God says about people who are gay? And that goes back to scripture, created in God's image, fearfully and wonderfully made. But right now they're not obeying God's design for how to live our lives. Who are the characters on TV that are gay? Do you have any friends that are gay? How can we care for them? So we need to pray for them as a family. We need to talk repeatedly about the importance of treating each person with kindness and respect regardless of their physical appearance. Because some of you listening have gay family members or family members that are transitioning from one gender to another. So one woman I met with has a, a, an adult brother who's transitioning from male to female, and he wanted his family to honor his choice in new name and pronouns. And she was really struggling with this, and she was resisting this mm-hmm. and stubborn and against this. And I said, no, you need to build a bridge with your brother who's now your sister, and you need to call him by his new name, which is a female name, and all the correct pronouns. She is now your sister, and honor that, because you'll build bridges. You will not build bridges if you refuse to acknowledge what yeah. this person if is going through, out, yeah. if you shut them out. That was, uh, again, blew some gaskets at this <laughs> <laughs> conference. Yeah, more advanced questions would be, what do you think it would be like to feel to be a boy, but feel more comfortable as a girl. Hmm. I'll try to get so them to... that empathy piece. Yeah. yeah. Put them in those shoes. Yeah. Do you think people are born completely innocent and sinless? Or do you think people are born with the desire to sin? And scripture says that we are all born with a sinful heart, with a desire to sin. And we, we have these desires in a variety of different directions. Yeah, and it looks different in different people. Absolutely. 
How do you think we can learn to disagree with behaviors and yet care for the person? And we have this all the time. A lot of us have friends that are run-of-the-mill, not Christians, or Sikh, or Hindu, or Mormon, or Jehovah's Witness. I have a Jehovah's Witness hairdresser I've had for like 20 years in Abbotsford. We disagree on points, but I really care about her, and she's a great hairdresser. So, okay, we disagree on some things. Okay. What if my child or teenager thinks he or she is gay or gender confused. And I think I had referenced the article before, American College of Pediatrics. That's very important. And I said, don't panic. Seek help from a trusted Christian pastor, counselor, family member, or friend. I would be very happy to talk with you. Listen to your child. Ask clarifying questions. Display patience and grace. Pray with them that God would help them through this struggle. And again, this is a a little bit more common struggle now because of the culture we live in. Yeah, it's very accepted everywhere. So yeah, it'll become up more. Yeah. And we need to understand the effects of our hypersexualized culture on our kids and teens. Because of our culture, more kids are wrestling with this Mm -hmm. issue. Uh, They kind of wonder, like, you know, that Katy Perry song that came out a number of years ago, I kissed a girl and I liked it. So at that time, I was just on staff, new at Northview, and parents were calling me saying, oh, my kids have kissed a girl at an overnighter or whatever, and they think they like it, and now they're wondering if they're gay. I'm like, yeah, because that's what Carrie's, Katy Perry's song made us think. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I should try it and see. And we're seeing this in our colleges and universities. Kids are trying same-gender activities because maybe they'll like it. Yeah. yeah. Remind your child that God created people to be male or female, but there's a vast spectrum about how maleness mm. and femaleness can be lived out. So boys can be emotional, enjoy art and drama. Girls can wear short hair and enjoy extreme sports. There's a huge array. We don't have to fit into a perfect a slot. specific mold. Yeah, yeah. That this is just what male is and this is just what female is. Yeah. yeah. That's a big one. I even have adults in their 40s and 50s that have come to me saying they're, they've always been uncomfortable with their gender. And they haven't realized that there's a vast array of how women can be. Like women don't have to wear makeup and you can have short hair and you don't have to carry a purse if you don't like it. You don't have to wear high heels and dresses if you don't like those. Like there's a, just a vast array. So please be just comfortable in the fact that of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to remind our kids that how we feel is not necessarily the truth. And we talked about this before, how we need to know the truth of God's word and use our minds and God's word to determine our actions and behaviors. Okay, so to wrap it up, I have a few challenges for all of us. Number one, we will not hide our heads in the sand. Ignoring our culture doesn't make it go away. And sheltering ourselves too much or our children does not equip us for the world we live in. Instead, let's engage cautiously with wisdom and discernment. And let's teach ourselves and others to honor God's design and understand our culture's temptations. Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. Number two, we will not embrace our culture's sexual views without thinking which is like drinking the cultural Kool-Aid, and we will not soften God's standards to please our culture. So there are consequences to this in the short term and long term. Ephesians 4, 32 to 5, 8. Instead, we'll help each other, right? We are a family of believers. Mm-hmm. We'll learn to teach and warn the truth of God's word and pray for, encourage, and care for each other. I love the verse from Colossians 1, 28. Him we proclaim, which is Jesus, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Number four, we will not reject or abandon or treat with disgust or repulsion anyone who sins. We talked about this before. Which means all of us. All of us. Yeah. Yeah. We will not be fearful of our culture. Greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. 
in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's Jesus speaking in John 16, verse 33. Number six, we will not be overcome by anxiety, fear, and panic due to the choices of those we love. God has the power to change hearts and minds. He has the time and the power to do this. Sorry, he has the power at his pace in his time. It's not for us. I have no power over people. No. Only God does. And the last one is we will pray for ourselves that we'll remain steadfast and faithful to God. And we will pray for others caught in sticky sin that God will grant repentance and they will come to their senses. Which is a scripture passage. Yeah. Second Timothy 2, 22 to 26. I love it. I have a number of resources here, and you can send me an email if you want, and I will send this to you on uh, by email. One book, if you're going to read one book, it's by Sam Alberry, A-L-L-B-E-R-R-Y, actually. Is it one R or two R's? I think it's two okay, R's. Okay, you have one R here. Yeah, one R on the, sorry. Is God Anti-Gay? And Other Questions About Homosexuality, the Bible, and Same-Sex Attraction. Really excellent book. And if you haven't read Rosaria Butterfield's book, she is a former lesbian, um, an activist. It's called The Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert. And I have lots of other books. And I have lots of articles. Focus on the Family has great articles. Uh, the Gospel Coalition has great articles. I have all kinds of things. There are free resources from Focus on the Family. A couple I want to point your attention to. Um, one, if you go to their website and just search how to teach your kids about homosexuality, how to talk to your kids about homosexuality. There are great resources there. So cruise around on there or send me an email. I will give you lots of resources. Okay, great. Crystal. So 53 minutes. There that we go. That was a fire hose. <laughs> so we would love to hear your comments um, yes. on this podcast and, and questions. And, and questions because there were questions after I had finished this and I stayed for about half hour answering people's questions in a long lineup like Crystal says. So I'm sure I didn't cover everything. This is not an exhaustive list. You might want to add to it things that you have learned about how to talk to your kids about these issues. I would love to hear them. Yeah. Because we're learning as we grow. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah. For going through that. I'm sure that would have been helpful for lots of people. Absolutely. So do you want to pray? Sure. As we leave? Yeah. Lord, I'm so thankful that we have your word. And I'm so thankful that we have the truth in your word. Lord, help us to read it. Help us to take it in somehow, whether we listen to it or we go to an app. Lord, we want to be men and women who honor your word. And then, Lord, we want to be people who honor the people around us. That We want to treat people with kindness and compassion and respect, regardless of their choices. Lord, would you soften our hearts towards the people around us? And then, Lord, when we have the opportunity, would you help us to kindly and carefully and respectfully speak your truth? And Lord, would you change people's lives and have them um, love you and serve you with their heart, soul, mind, and strength? And we ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. See you next time. See you next time. Sweet water.